The Veil Podcast, written by Mildura Living Magazine. Autumn issue out now. And we are lucky enough to have Tony and Sharon from Mildura Living with the brand new Autumn Issue. Welcome, ladies. Hi, how are you? How are you? You're, you don't sound very loud, Shaz. No? no? I'm not a loud person. <laughs> you are. Really? <laughs> Who are you trying to kid? Exactly. Who are you trying to kid? <laughs> um, it's been a while, ladies. How was Christmas, COVID and all the rest of it? Oh, it's been really busy. I think the last couple of months has just gone. It has. Which, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm. You've both had a bout of COVID, haven't you? We have. Mm. Mm-hmm. And how, did, how was that? Uh, not so good. <laughs> not very pleasant. I wouldn't recommend, recommend it. it. <laughs> Don't go trying to get it. No, I still haven't had it yet, which is wow. why the interest. Because I just, yeah, I haven't oh, managed to That's steer clear. crazy. Yeah. Lucky you. But you still managed to get the autumn issue out, which is... We did, which was a bit of a miracle. Yeah, that is a bit of a miracle. Quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. Now, we were just having lunch with some of your Robinvale clients mm-hmm. in the Piney Ford lads, friends of the show, and we were talking about, and I I bring this up just because I've seen that Tilly's are celebrating 50 years, and they have the old Tilly's F100, that white F100 of theirs. telling us about that, and so um, we're going to head back and have a chat to Jackie and Cam about it, but it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it does mm. sound. And it is a very cool, like they've restored it and it's it's very cool. They have. So yeah. maybe you can get Jack and Cam to come on and. Yeah, yeah they could be come here, have a shoot in oh, the effie. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Tick, Done. tick, tick. Great. Let's make that happen. Have yeah. your people call my add people and we'll sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> add to cart. Is it an add to cart kind of day? There's a lot of other great stories in this one. The Kim O'Reilly story. Yeah, that one's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, initially not that cool because Kim no. O'Reilly is the what an is inspiration. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. a yeah. It is an inspirational story, and she's riding her bike from Melbourne to Mildura mm. to raise awareness for domestic violence, and um, they've had to push it back a few weeks. I think now it's um, the, the first or second week in April. Oh, okay. So, um, but second week's Easter, isn't it? Well, it might be the first week. week. Might be around the seventh. Um, she was going to confirm that with me, but she's um, riding. There's a few people riding with her. Joe Forbes from Silsley Wines is going to be one of them. Oh. She's going to ride part of the ride with her. Excellent. Um, so yeah, it'd be great to get a few local businesses behind her to give us some support because it's a great cause. Mm. Yeah, it is a great cause. Mm. Um, we should wa- eventually, and we've been talking about this for a long time. When we get your podcast up and going, yes. she should be. Definitely yes. one of the oh, um, absolutely one of the she'd guests. be great. Yeah, yep. just yep. to have a chat because we had Lance Pachoni here on the weekend talking about mental health because he is the founder of Love Me Love You and does a lot of you know advocacy around mental health and he made a really good point in really simple terms that he talks about it all the time so it's normal to him his story and you know he talks about being a high functioning drug addict for six years mm-hmm. and I was kind of like whoa. But he, it's normalised for him now. It's yep. you know, it's part of a normal conversation. And it removes that that stigma. Yeah. So it's important that we do talk about it. Yep. Um, that yeah. sounds great. So. And then another partner in this one, the St Joseph's um, College, they partner with us, mm. and we have a story about their. Um, well, it's their display area, which has all of the history of the St Joseph's College, and yeah, it's fantastic. Now, so. I didn't, I don't want to age myself too much, <laughs> but when I started at primary school, those desks that were they're the ones now, that, yes, they yeah, were the I ones went, that. Uh, yeah, did I you as well? The desks, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So, which is, I don't know. I think that might be a little bit 
Again, I don't want to age myself. Yeah, no, we're but we're not that old. They, they, you know, it's quite recent times. <laughs> were they? Well, <laughs> of course it was. Were they still using the ink wells in the hole when you used oh, them, Shaz? No, no, no. Yeah, lots of other awesome things in here. The what's this one? Small changes, big impact, cutting carbon emissions and food costs. That's to do with that's Mildura Rural City Council's story. Yeah, I can actually hear myself now. Oh, can yeah. you? Oh, sorry. So could you not before? No, I couldn't. Oh, so hopefully it recorded. Yeah, no, I did record because it was really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's, that's about the curbside rubbish and collection. Oh. So um, all of the green waste. Yep. It's talking about the bins and um, how people have had uh, they've cut down on the rubbish that they put out because they're using the green one, which yep. then yeah. And that's what these all of these. Extra bins are supposed to oh, do, yes, aren't they? Because, you know, landfill is expensive. I spoke to Liam Wood about landfill and rubbish and all things council a couple of weeks ago. So actually I don't know whether I've actually put that into a regular podcast episode. I know our Patreon's got it, but I might mm. put it into this one perhaps. Mm. That's going up next. <laughs> um, so there's also the Mildura Writers Festival with that yeah. very cool-looking crew. There's all sorts of things in um, – in this issue. Yeah, and there's a couple of great houses too. Mm. Um, one of them's one that probably a lot of people have seen when they're sitting at Nash Lane having their breakfast. Or Is their that coffees. the white one? No, it's the little one to the left of Cotty's building. Oh, it's I was going to say the yeah, Cotty's Which one. is the one that's on the cover. Oh, that's so, awesome. And it's not the Cotty's. Cotty's is there, then there's the, the driveway through the centre and then you've got this beautiful little old building wow. that's been done up. But the amount of people that have said to us, oh, I've oh, often wondered yeah. what's behind there. Exactly. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, well, because it it doesn't look like a traditional house, it's does amazing. it? It's amazing. No, but it's gorgeous. Job. Yeah. I love it. An old industrial mm. yep. build turned into a home. Lots of other things. The tea towels. How are the tea towels going? Tea towels are going great. Are so they? The Rumbau Euston one's very popular. We've oh. actually just spoken to the Rumbau, um Golf Club. Yep. And they'd like to have it in there too. So oh, good. Which will be great for visitors coming. Yeah. And, yeah Excellent. Something. Yeah. And I know Megan had a couple at mm. Creeping Fig yep. as well. So we're about and to go around and catch up with her, so hopefully. Good yep. Duke. She's got a great... Great shop around there, uh, which is great for Bromley Road and bringing some, some yeah. life back to it. Mm. Yep. But we will catch up with you again um, in the next couple of yeah, weeks because you guys are going to sponsor us again, aren't you? We sure I'm going to put you right on the spot and go, yeah, yes, we will. No, yeah, that's it. Okay, it looks like we are. Like <laughs> yeah. we are, Shaz. <laughs> I was going to say, yes. Tony's the bank account. <laughs> Shaz can say whatever I'm, she yeah, wants. I'm just yes. <laughs> oh, you're the yes man. <laughs> Awesome, ladies. Well, we might catch up and we'll see if we can get some of the people featured in the autumn issue onto the podcast yep, in the next few for weeks. Sure. That sounds, sounds great. Excellent. Thanks, ladies. Okay, see Thanks, ya. Jade. Beck Marciano, we've chatted about thus far your <laughs> time in the military from when you were 16. You were yep. there for 10 years. So you spent a good bulk of your 20s in the military, in the, in the Royal Navy. Yeah, it's a blur. Yeah, Is but it? I did. Yeah. 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 The prime of my life, serving, yeah, absolutely. serving king and country. <laughs> well, serving, qu- do you say? You oh, well, you, queen say king and country? country, but it'd be do queen, they? wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be queen. I mean, Hopefully. you're not. You're only forty. She's got COVID now. I so. know. Do you think, as as a um, before we get back into because when we left you last episode, we were um, arriving you, in Robinvale. Well, you just found <laughs> you thought Robinvale was Wolf Creek. We'll come back to that. But Lizzie, I said when. Phil and I feel like I'm yeah. on a first name basis. Well, I feel, 100%. yeah, you know, um, I feel like when Phil passed, yeah, her days were numbered. And yeah, and that generally happens a lot, doesn't it? it? Does all these that have been together a long time, they just die of heartbreak. Or yeah, 
Do you think well, she's think got long left? She's 95. Yeah. Is she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, look. I mean, she's she's done good to get to 95. She has. She's but done an extraordinary... I reckon there'll be a lot of people very, very stressed out about the situation with her having COVID mm. at that age. Oh, yeah. She would be... I don't know. Mm. Well, yeah. Luke was lying in bed the other day watching the news. This is 11 o'clock at night. And he said, do you think oh, London Christ. London Bridge is about to fall? Oh, no. And I went, <gasps> please don't say that. I mean, yes, I do, but please don't. I just, because I remember where I was when Diana died. Oh, I know. I know. Again, it's Heartbreak. one of those things that, yeah. you know, and a, as a, you know, an English subject, a British subject, and I suppose I am too, and that's a whole other conversation that we might have down the yeah, track. Actually, yeah. I'll make a note of that about the monarchy. That's another one. Because this is going to turn into a regular thing, you and I. Yeah, 100%. I love this. I love the veil. Um, well, I love the fact that, and we'll get into the whole women in leadership positions, yeah. blah, 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 down the track, but yeah. we need to get your life story out in the open first <laughs> so people just go, oh, that's Pete's wife or it's Joan and Don's daughter-in-law. Yeah, There's yeah. so much more behind the blue know, eyes and the accent. There? Isn't yes. So we'll talk about that. But yeah, yeah, quickly, yes or no? Is she is she about done? It, it makes me nervous, and not for her dying. I mean, God love her. I mean, mm. she served. Mm. She's done. She's done a good job. But I I'm more nervous about Charles taking over and Same. Camilla. Same. That makes me very itchy. <gasps> it makes you itchy. Yeah, it makes me itchy. <laughs> There's and no cream for that. I know. Seriously, <laughs> it's an issue. Yeah. But um, I really would like to see. Just Will come in. Will mm. and Kate, you know, fresh faces. Let's just, I mean, the Queen made a speech last week about Camilla and how she needs to be accepted as the, you know, I'm, I, I don't think it's going to be that easy. I don't think so either. And no. I just, I'm, you know, it's easy to look in retrospect at how Diana should never have been part of that equation. Mm-hmm. He should have just married Camilla in the first place um, and saved Diana the heartbreak. Then of course we wouldn't have you know how different life would, yeah. would and the monarchy would look now. But again, this is a conversation for another time. Let's yeah. go back to Robin Vale because that's where you left it last time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we came to Robin Vale. Was thinking, it Wolf Creek? Thinking it was Wolf Creek, and I'll never forget that moment. We got off the bus. Oh, you caught the bussy. You didn't end up buying a car. No, because I, I ended up actually buying a car here. Oh right, okay, all yeah, right. That's a whole other for sure. That. <laughs> Who did you buy the oh car off? God, well, I'll t- I'll get to that. Mm. So we um, we got off the bus and it was a Saturday afternoon. So you'd imagine the main oh, street. Dead. T- tumbleweed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Like nothing, nobody, not a soul in sight. Oh Irene's my... was even closed, you know, when you oh, had the takeaway. wow. <laughs> like nothing. And we, we walked down the main street and I said to her, oh, my God, where have we come, mate? Seriously, this is like anywhere. So, um, and we stayed at the pub. Did you? We did. Of yeah. course you did. Where else are you going to stay? Know. Yeah, mm. I know. So, and um, yeah, there's a few tales from there. Yeah, like I a bet. Few fights and stuff we saw along the way. <laughs> a few fights. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And um, anyways, cut a long story short, we ended up working for Pete's Uncle Mario. Did you? Yeah. Okay. And I ended up working alongside Pete's brother Vince every day. Drove me frigging mad. I was going to say, how did you cope with that? Yeah. <laughs> Ball buster. Ball buster. Stop it. Yeah, anyway. Can ride a motorbike though. <laughs> <laughs> he can grow some hair. Yeah, he can grow. Yes. Those curly locks. As far as special skills go, oh, hair funny. and motorbikes is his. Um. Anyway, so we, we did what we had to do. Sarah saved up some money and we got out of here. I bought a car. Bought my... Ford station wagon, um, off some um, 
Asians and it turned out it wasn't their car to sell. <gasps> it was hot. You're accepting hot property. Well, it it they had paid for it, but it wasn't registered to them. Uh-oh. So I won't I won't mention names of who it was registered to, but um, old mate came and tapped me on the shoulder down the main street one day and said, uh, that's my car. <laughs> oh, you're joking. And I was like, uh, no, it's not. And he's like, yes, it is. And anyway, long story short, I ended up going around his house and it was actually, yeah, it was registered to them <gasps> and they'd done an old mate a favour and he, so he shouldn't have sold it without consulting. Anyway, it all ended up fine. <laughs> but I was like... Thought I was going to my car repossessed, paid 1500 bucks for that. Oh, my. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, that car, let me tell you, it's still driving around. Is it really? So I ended we, we left. We went Nullarbor. I did 25,000 kilometres in that car. Oh, my gosh. And ended up. So I didn't know who my husband was then. I knew his brother. Mm. That was as far as it went. Left, travelled. Oh, sorry. That's all right. Speak of the devil. That'll be Pete. <laughs> And um, probably wondering where his lunch is. <laughs> and, uh, Far be it for him to get it himself. Uh, 100%. Mm. Um, anyways, we, I ended up coming back the next year because by that point I was broke. The fuel in the Territory is ridiculously priced. Ended up, oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I ended up doing the West, had a great old time and came back for the next season and within, I think, two days of me being back, um, Peter Marciano asked me out on a date. Did he? So we went to the golf club. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the rest, as they um, say, is history. 13 years later, we're married, three kids, and we've got a block of our own now. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. How things, yeah, about literally never intended to stay in Australia. Never mind staying in Robinvale, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um So it's funny what life has planned for you because I was very unsettled growing up and, you know, joined the Navy and everything. And never felt like anywhere was home. Mm. But Sunrasia is home. Wow. I feel so content. And I I can't honestly think of anywhere better to bring up kids. And you know what? I totally agree with you. The um, and I have this conversation all the time. Like I said, you know, after all the things that, you know, one might do during their misspent twenties or whatever. (laughs) Um I never intended. There was never yeah. a. I'm going to go live in Robinvale on the the hit list. I was back here yeah. to earn enough money to go back to yeah. the states, and that's where I was going to settle yeah, it's down. Amazing, but, isn't it? Mm. The roads you travel and where you end up, and yeah, yeah. it's incredible. It so is. Is. so now you're here with uh, three kids, and you're a real estate agent. <laughs> Let's just ponder that for a minute. I know, I know. The kids think I'm bonkers. And everywhere, like, the kids came with me. We've got a subdivision coming up in Golgol. Right. Beautiful spot on the creek. Harry's like, Mum, buy one. You're in a position. He goes, you're in a position to buy one of these. You're on the inside. (laughs) We need to look because Harry is obsessed with fishing. Is he? Obsessed with yabbying, obsessed with catching anything. And he's just saw that creek and he's like, oh, (gasps) we ain't living in sunny cliffs anymore, girlfriend. We need to move here. (laughs) Well, he's right. Oh. Imagine the things he could bring home from the creek. Stop. No, but I would be like, I'd never be able to find him. He'd be in that. Oh, he's a he's a funny kid, Harry. But um, I'm like, oh yeah, mate, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be nice. We're stuck on the farm. Deal with it. Mm. How is Pete going? He's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's busy. So we've got we've our block's only small. We've got we're in Sunny Cliffs. Yep. Um, it's only I think planted 15 acre, acres. Okay. So he still has his other job. Yep. He sells fertiliser and all that jazz. Yeah, right. Mm. We were out for dinner with his, his work last night, actually. They had a, the best year yet. 
Oh, wow. So we well, got a I slap suppose. Meal. Mm. We've got a slap up meal. Yeah, well, I Everyone's suppose. Everyone's spraying 10 mm. times more than they normally do. Well, that's exactly <laughs> right. They're spraying 10 times more, and it's what, 30% more expensive than it's I know. ever been. It's so crazy. It is just crazy, yeah. isn't it? So we went out for dinner last night. It was beautiful. Nice. Yeah. Well, next time we catch up with you, this is going to be a regular thing. And next time yeah. we catch up, let's talk about real estate in um, Mildura and Robinvale mm. and a few other things. Maybe the next thing we do talk about, though, because now my mind's racing with a discussion <laughs> with a pom about the British monarchy Oof. and how Australia doesn't really need to be such a big part of it anymore. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting subject, isn't it? It is an interesting subject and it's not often I can find anyone to <laughs> indulge me. <laughs> no one wants to talk about it. I no found one, a pom. Here we go. Well, no one wants to talk about anything that I want to talk about. I was on a call last <sighs> night and I was so excited because it was about politics and policy creation and blah, 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 and I got home to tell Luke and he was just like... <laughs> And literally closed his eyes and almost went to sleep. So, you know, I need people in my corner that I can go to with all these nerd things that I. Great, excellent. We'll talk all all things monarchy next week. Excellent. That sounds like a great plan. (laughs) Thanks for coming, Beck. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Beck is now a regular in Robinvale looking for properties to sell, and she's also a regular on the podcast. We're going to come back to the rest of her conversation next week, but if you are a Patreon member, you can listen to it right now. Sign up to help keep this podcast going from as little as $5 per month, and you do get early and exclusive access to content. Patreon.com forward slash The Vale Podcast. It's time to talk mental health again and Charlie's not here. I know he always likes to, we talk about his mental health quite <laughs> quite a bit, bless him. Now we're joined by Pete. Pete, you are the mental health team leader at RDHS. That's right. Yes, uh, this is my fourth week here now. We're hoping to employ at least one more mental health clinician there. Yep. So we can uh, develop a bit more of a team and start to address the issues in the area. Awesome. So you've been here four weeks and they've already dobbed you in for a for a podcast. <laughs> yes, they <laughs> They're not did. bad, are they? <laughs> Esther's been in a few times mm-hmm. um, and Anita during COVID. Anita has been my – she's been an absolute godsend. You know, I can email her and ring her and get information whenever I need. Um, so it's good that they're getting everybody involved. <laughs> I think it was towards the end of my first week. Oh, uh, really? Esther had approached me and said, oh, look, there's this uh, podcast in town. Mm. Yeah. yeah, well, it's it's our only broadcast, you know, dedicated Robin Vale Euston broadcast media. So, mm-hmm. um, Esther loves to send people down here, which is great because, like I was saying to you off air before, Whenever we talk about mental health and that there are clinicians and social workers and the drop-in clinic is still operating, I always get messages following going, oh, what were the hours of the drop-in clinic and what do I have to do? So we might start there. Yes, uh, we have it three days a week, Monday, Wednesday and Friday from Mm -hmm. 9 o'clock till 1 o'clock and there will always be a staff member in the drop-in clinic monitoring it uh, during those times. Mm -hmm. So people just need to present to the main reception, the way they do for any appointment at the hospital and reception will then direct them into the drop-in centre to whatever staff is available at that time. Terrific. And there's the the waiting area around so you don't have to wait with everybody else. You can go around the corner and wait there in front of the clinic, isn't there? That's right. As soon as you enter the door to the the building, the drop-in clinic is right there beside it. So Mm. yes, we're avoiding people having to go sit in the the waiting area where it could be quite busy and... um, 
add to any stress that they're experiencing. Yeah, because crowds and people can, if you're experiencing, not, not necessarily even a mental health crisis, but, you know, from my own experience, if you're experiencing anxiety or you are uh, not well in that regard, the last thing you want to do is sit in a waiting room full of people. Exactly. And um, although waiting rooms are designed to be pleasant, mm. depending on what's going on with you at the time, it could be the worst possible place for you to be. Yeah. But a drop-in mental health clinic, sitting down and talking with someone like yourself or the um, Karen or Esther, the social workers, can be the starting point of turning things around a lot of the time, can't they? Yes, that's right. Uh, as I said, I've only been here, this is my fourth week now, but have been really surprised with the response we've got just in this short time. Um, I think we've had, I think we're coming up close to a dozen referrals already. Wow. Gee whiz. So the clinic is working, isn't it? Yes, yes it is. And uh, I think a lot of it too is uh, word of mouth in the community. So yep. As much of this type of thing we can get out to community, making them aware. We rely a lot on friends and families to see uh, changes within relatives or, or their, their mates and that to then either contact us or to encourage the friend to come in and get support mm. with us. Yeah, Which is not always easy. Again, you know. From my own experiences, those closest to you can be your, your biggest punching bag. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes – and it's because I think it comes back – for me anyway, it was that, you know, mum's always your safe space. So you can treat mum however you want yes. and, you know, she's always going to be there. And thank God that is true for me um, because I attribute – my mother saved my life along with my GP and my dog. Um, so – but at the same time, I treated her – horrendously during that period um, before we realised exactly what was going on and I was so sick. Um, but sometimes yeah, it's hard for parents, for a spouse, for friends to know how to broach it. So a drop-in clinic where you don't need a referral or an appointment or anything like that and you can just rock up and the friends and support person, I suppose, can come come with. Yes, anybody at all can come along with the person as long as they're comfortable with that. That mm. is what they want. Yeah. And the reason we depend on the friends and the families and that is because they're closest to the person. They're seeing what they're like every day, seeing what's happening. So they're the ones that are going to notice any change, any difference before mm. anybody else. Mm. Yeah, that's it. And most of the time if they are parents, siblings, spouses, they will be able to say no or, or challenge if you're saying no, I'm fine, they'll be able to challenge you and go, actually, no, you're not. You're really hard to live with at the moment um, because that can be – that's just a reality of, of, of mental illness, isn't it? Yes, and um, it's uh, what you're saying then about they're the ones that will call the person out on it. And I see that quite often where someone will go, no, no, I'm fine. Look, I don't need to be here, that sort of thing. But then the, the parent, the, the sibling, the friend, whatever, will be going, no, no, that's not, not true. I've seen you doing this. You're not mm. So they, they really like chuck them under the bus. Yeah, but sometimes that's what you need. Yes. Like if you're not willing to admit even to yourself that there is an issue there, you need someone to kind of throw you under the bus and go, nah, actually – yeah, you do need to be here. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
um, which is, a sh- again, it, it's a really unfortunate position to be in, but this is the reality of things. And I don't think, you know, for the last two years at least, nearly three years, we've been talking about the importance of talking about it. Mm-hmm. So um, this is a safe space where we can all talk about everything in a real sense. And Luke, even last year, Luke, because we've both been through it, you know, it was kind of stripped down raw, this is this is what's happening and um, and we sort of got everything from our perspective out in the air. So um, so that's been a benefit, I think, because now people will actually talk, particularly to him, not so much to me because, you know, I'm a cold, hard face, so-and-so, but <laughs> people do. And we notice, you know, people, especially at the cricket club and things, coming up to him, having conversations because they've heard him be really raw about the impacts of mental illness. And that's what we see um, is usually more of the common way that uh, any issues come out. Mm. Is that just at an event or something, uh, someone you feel comfortable with, a good mate or whatever, and you go and explain to them, as we see a lot of men won't open up about their mental health concerns, but if they're sitting around with their mates, even having a drink or whatever, Mm. that is when they're more likely to say, oh, yeah, look, this has been happening and mm. and um, that's that first step to getting help. Yeah, yeah. And it is important, I think, to get help. But sometimes it can be as simple as a conversation over a beer and a, a mate will go, hey, you going okay? And they go, oh, actually not. <laughs> and sometimes that can be enough. Sometimes, it, you know, it needs to escalate. So I think it's just important to get Get the conversation started. Don't – and I think, we're, I think we're at that point now and I remember, you know, 20 years ago dealing with probably the second suicide that I had experienced, obviously not obviously not my own, um, but this, the second one of someone I knew and was close to, there was no discussion around mental illness. It was always – there were talks around how suicide is selfish and how, you know, the conversations were just very, very different if there was ever a conversation. This was before Beyond Blue and all those, these types of services. It was just something you didn't talk about. Yes, and um, suicide is something where people are really reluctant to talk about or or even ask someone that they don't want to – approach that topic Mm. and one thing I keep reinforcing with people is that you may feel uncomfortable now but isn't it better in a year's time, two years' time to have that person there even if they're hating you for what you've done, Mm. isn't it better to have them there hating you than not have them there at all? 100% and that's the, there are hard conversations to have but I'd rather have a hard conversation than attend another funeral. Exactly, yes and uh, I... Just in the time I've been here, I've attended so many funerals and it gets to the point where you actually think, is this ever going to end? Mm. Yeah, it's horrendous, isn't it? It's good to know that though the, the clinic does seem to be working and it's a really powerful tool that hopefully some other health services in rural areas might see and take on board. Yeah, well, um, I'm hoping that moving forward, we the response we're getting – I'm hoping that it will grow to the point where funding bodies will see that, okay, this is something we need in this area. This Mm. is something that's uh, worth putting money towards. Mm. I have done a lot of um, 
research over the last couple of years around the statistics for this area. And um, I see that we have one of the highest rates of uh, mental health and suicide mm. in the whole state. So mm-hmm. it's it's a shame to see that for such a small area. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's horrific. Um, so what you say while well, you've been in the area, how long have you been in the region? I've been here now oh, probably about 10, 11 years okay. now. Yeah. So, yes. And before that, where were you? Um, I actually lived and worked in Japan. Ooh, whereabouts in Japan? Uh, a prefecture called Kawaguchi. Where geographically is that? Um, probably the best way would be um, sort of southeast of Tokyo. Okay. And I don't know Japan very well at all, but it is one of the places I want to go snowboarding. So did you, did, do you ski? I, I don't ski. I tried snowboarding <laughs> a couple of years ago. Yeah. But... Um, <gasps> So you didn't while you were in Japan then? Like, no. Yeah, okay. Um, and I think that's sort of the region over near Kyoto and Mount Fuji. And, yeah, that's so. right, yeah. Um, what, did, what were you doing in Japan? Um, originally when I moved over there, I, I moved there because of my wife. Yep. But, uh, yeah, originally when I moved there, I was actually working for a construction yard. Really? Yes. And um, then eventually moved into a computer company that my wife works for. Right. So is your wife Japanese? Yes. Okay. Oh, God. Does she cook really amazing Japanese food? Uh, Yes, she does. And uh, I've had quite a few comments over the years uh, from my work colleagues about the food I bring in for lunches. Well, feel free to bring food in here anytime you like because it will be very well received. I love Japanese food. Actually, all of the tattoos I've got are a Japanese scripture. Ah. Random fact. Um, So when, if you were doing that while you were living in Japan, how did you get into the mental health field? Uh, when I moved back to Australia, I've I've always had an interest in supporting people around our mental health, um, how our mind functions, how yeah. it operates. So I've always had that interest um, going back as far back as in, in my life, even into my childhood. I have memories of uh, supporting families, friends and that. And um, my family keeps reminding me of a a good family friend who was a counsellor who often said as a child that, yeah, that would be a good career for him growing up, never thinking I'd I'd actually get into this yeah. area of work. Yeah. So um, when I moved back to Australia, the opportunity was there. So I, um, I thought, yeah, this is something I've always been passionate about. I'd... Um, I'd look at getting into the field. Right. So did you study as a counsellor or as a social worker or a psychologist? I studied as a mental health clinician yep. and um, have gone on and uh, to doing dual diagnosis, so mental health, drug and alcohol. Wow. And um, commenced my uh, psychology training about two years ago. Yep. However, put that on hold due to um, work commitments. Yeah. It's hard juggling full-time work and studying. It is, yeah. It's not for the faint of heart. No. That's, um, it's interesting that you've got that drug and alcohol background, though, because that is another issue that, you know, this region suffers from badly, and I suppose we're not unique in that as far as other regional areas. Drug and alcohol abuse and then the lack of services is a real problem. And you will often see... Um Organisations where they say, oh, no, we're, we're drug and alcohol or, no, oh, no, we're mental health. Yeah. But if you have one, 
You're dealing with both. Correct. It yeah. would be really rare to find someone who has mental health concerns who don't have any type of drug or alcohol concern mm. as well, and vice versa, someone mm. with a drug and alcohol concern and uh, not having any mental health yeah. issues relating to that. Yeah. Well, it becomes, you know, if their mental health has come first, a lot of the time the drugs and alcohol are a self-medication mm-hmm. tool, aren't they, that, yes. that yes. a lot go to, which is not uncommon. And, you know, many think that it's also not a problem to be having a dozen beers every night, but what yeah. that does to your body and your brain is a problem, isn't it? It is, and... Um since I've been in, working in the area, um, I've worked predominantly with our Indigenous community. Yep. Um, I'm actually a Barkindji man myself. Okay. Yep. So, so where, where is, where, ge- geographically, where are we talking about? Drive across the river. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. So, uh, yeah, down the New South Wales side of the river from us. Right. So, Bell Reynold down or? Um, we further... go down to Bell Reynold, back up. Uh, like Wentworth, up around uh, Burke. Yep. Or Kenyon and India. Yeah, right. Area. Okay. And that is the area I've always been taught growing up. Yeah. But then you may talk with someone else who will have a slightly different. Well, there's no real boundaries, is there? And you're right. Depending on who you talk to, it could take in, yeah. Yep. And that's the same everywhere. And I think we all accept that. And that's that's fine. In fact, that's a good thing sometimes, not having having fluid Boundaries that that shift and move. That's that's fine. Yeah. So, have you been doing a fair bit of work with with MVAC? I since I've been here because I have a history working with Billy and uh, also with Ross, uh, our ALO at uh, Romvale District Health Service. Yep. The three of us have worked together in the past, so we already have that relationship there, and we have already been working together to support uh, a person in the community with uh, what they've been experiencing. So. Well, that's great, mm. especially if you're already getting results and seeing, you know, really positive outcomes for for the community. And it was something I was actually at an Aboriginal community meeting on Saturday morning and it was brought up and I was just there to present, you know, my role as mayor and, and as community consultation. It's open for everyone, you know. Um, and one of the things that was brought up was the, you know, uh, am I aware of the drug and alcohol um, issues within the community? And from, you know, from my privileged standpoint, I suppose you could say here, it doesn't affect me personally, but I know that it is affecting friends within the community. Um, but so it's good to see that there is affirmative action being taken, I guess. Yeah. Yes. And uh, as We've all said that we need to focus on the person, the support for them, not focus on which organisation is going to provide that support. It it needs to be a joint where you forget about who you're working for, you're here, you're concentrating on supporting this person, making them better. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It's great that it's actually come... It can be a collaborative effort now because I think for a long time it has been a battle of the agencies perhaps in who treats who and whose jurisdiction is it. And you know what, let's forget about this. And I was having this conversation with someone earlier, in fact, someone from The Guardian earlier about the state of our healthcare system and, you know, for a town of 8,000 people that we don't have, you know, we have a health service, we don't have a hospital 
is horrific and it's just political game playing and, you know, the, we need a, a new hospital in Swan Hill but politics is coming before healthcare and I, I've had enough. We don't – the political game playing around agencies and, and politicians is just it, – it's ridiculous and it's costing people's lives and – I quite frankly won't stand for it anymore. <laughs> not at least quietly anyway, because quietly is not my back. Yeah. <laughs> Pete, thanks so much for coming in today. I hope you'll come in um, regularly while you're here and I hope you stick around for a long time. Well, I'm looking for a job to uh, retire in. So <laughs> well, don't retire anytime soon. You don't look like you're ready to be retirement age anywhere near that just yet. No, no, work into retirement. Yeah, great. Okay, over the next 30 years. That'd yeah. be great. Thanks very much. <laughs> so you look, you are looking for another mental health clinician at the moment, aren't you? That's right, yes. So um, I always find that uh, with smaller areas like this, it's more difficult to get someone who's qualified that is prepared to come and work here, especially when they can stay in the city, mm. have the lifestyle they want there, get the same wage yeah. for doing the job. Why would they want to come out here? So I I always push that we need to support our, our local community, um, provide that education and train up the people we have here, the people that want to be here yeah. to be able to fill these positions. Grow your own workforce and that goes with everything in healthcare, I think. If we can find a way to grow our own workforce here so they don't have to go away and that's another conversation for another time but there are conversations going on with a um, an organisation called Country University Centre. Mm-hmm. So things are things are happening so um but in the meantime you know i suppose the benefit for someone that wants to move out of the city is um you can see the stars here you can break your neck looking at the milky way and um the river and you can get the same wage but the cost of living is a far less than it is in the city um do you want me to go on do you want me to really keep <laughs> rattling off the benefits to living up here as opposed to <clears throat> the city it's hard for me to spit that out. And I lived in the city for 10 years, so, you know, I, I'd like to think I know what I'm talking about. But, um, you know, have you have you got kids, Pete? Yes, yes, yeah. I do. Um, one five-year-old daughter who's going on about 15, 16 <laughs> They do that. Yes. <laughs> um, and would you, could you think of a better place to raise your kids than this region? No, um, my wife absolutely loved the area, so we bought a house here about... Seven, eight years ago. Yep. And um, my wife doesn't want to raise our daughter anywhere else. And I totally agree. I couldn't think of anywhere better to raise kids than uh, than up here. So it's so great to have you. Thanks you for coming in within your first month at RDHS. We will check in with you regularly. Thanks very much. No, thank you. The Vale Podcast, written by Mildura Living Magazine. Autumn issue out now.